This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Breaking news, the Milwaukee Bucks have fired head coach Adrian Griffin, according to our senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. They looked at where this team was, how it was responding under Griffin, that they have such a tight championship window. The writing has been on the wall, right? When you look at the Bucks' defense, it has been horrible. And the fact of the matter is, is that Adrian Griffin never had a voice and never had the locker room from the start of training camp. Okay, welcome to the show. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. ESPN app, Sirius XM80, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Yes, after 43 total games, one of the best teams in the NBA fires their head coach, Adrian Griffin, after a 30-13 and 13 start. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ev. CC, Good morning, Smalls. Smalls. Good morning, everyone. Why are you looking at me like this, both of you? What did I do? Because Nothing. you made it awkward this morning already. We're 30 seconds into the show, and you're saying, good morning, everyone. I think like I've said like, that like, in the past, like haven't you're, I? Like you're Mr. Rogers. No, not the, it's not what you said. I need it's a sweater. The, it's the way that you said it. Aha. Uh-huh. Exactly. Is that how you wake your kids up in the morning? Good morning. Right? <laughs> no, they wake me. I'm, I'm already up down in my office for hours before those kids get up on the weekends. No, I've never done that. But uh, what an odd thing that happened yesterday. Here's the thing. On the surface, people hear this. And they think, I don't understand. A guy in his first year, 30 and 13, gets fired by an NBA team. They have the second best record in the conference. And I got to be honest, when I saw this yesterday, and there's been a lot of buzz about this, that it was just not the right fit in Milwaukee. It is really hard to make quick decisions. It's really hard to make swift decisions that publicly admit that you're wrong about something that cost you a lot of money. While I feel badly for Adrian Griffin and his family, I give the Milwaukee Bucks a lot of credit for actually doing something that, you know what? We got it wrong. Let's admit we got it wrong. Let's not continue with this. I swear to you, I thought of the Philadelphia Eagles as soon as this happened yesterday. I'm like, they're going to realize what they're doing next year, that they got this wrong and they should have acted swifter, if that's a word. I actually give the Bucks credit. I, I do. Like, they, they made the wrong move. And they admit it, and they own it. Yeah, now the question is whether or not Doc Rivers is going to be able to channel his inner Dave Black, which is I mean, <laughs> a situation where you know Dave Black gets fired midway through his second season, and then all of a sudden Ty Lue steps in and the Cleveland Cavs win a championship. So that remains the question. Can Doc Rivers step in in the middle of the season and salvage the year and not just make it a throwaway for Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo? Because even though both of them are committed there for the long term, we know things can change on a dime in the NBA. And you don't want to throw away seasons when you have two all-NBA caliber players uh, and one guy that has multiple MVPs and is a champion in his own right. So I guess it's always been championship or bust mm-hmm. for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Even more but now. The, but, Even this more. Is, but this just adds a, a, a different degree of difficulty in terms of accomplishing that ultimate goal. But I appreciate that the organization is acting with a sense of urgency, that they understand that they have a finite amount of time to capitalize on the window that you have with not only this core, but obviously an all-time great player in Giannis. But it is very hard in life and particularly in sports, to put your ego aside and say, we got this one wrong, especially this early, especially this publicly. You brought up the David Blatt situation. When I was in St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues had a situation like this where they had handpicked 
Ken Hitchcock's successor in Mike Yo. They had a very talented core of players. And halfway through the season, they pulled the plug on it. And they brought in Craig Berube. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And what was the reaction with that happened? Because I have no recollection of this. i got to be honest Everybody was shocked. Because all that we had heard for about a year leading up to this was that Mike Yo was going to be the successor. He was the guy. Now, the situation was a little different than what's happening in Milwaukee. Because they were dead last in the NHL. Whereas Milwaukee's having success. But... They identified that he was not the right voice in the dressing room, and everybody was really surprised. They were like, what are you guys doing? You had said he was the guy. You're having this short of a runway. This better be right. And they, they went on the most unbelievable run that you've ever seen, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. You know, one of the other things about this is we've talked about this. We talked about this with the Michigan job, potentially. We talked about this with, I think, the New England job. We talked about the idea of some jobs are not for first-time coaches. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks, who had won a championship coaching Giannis, is probably not for a first-time head coach. Now, the counter to that is Ty Lue is the second-best coach in the NBA. No doubt. And he was a first-time, behind Eric Spolstra, he was the first-time coach with LeBron and won a championship. I think Ty Lue is an anomaly. I think Ty Lue is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I think Ty Lue is one of the best NBA coaches I literally have ever seen. He's sure. so good, right? It's unfair to then expect, oh, Adrian Griffin's just going to be like that. I do wonder if they knew they were going to get Dame and they had the double down of Giannis and Dame if Adrian Griffin would have been the guy, right? David Blatt, to your reference, was hired prior to LeBron's arrival. He goes in for a year. They go to the finals. They lose the Warriors the next year. What, 30-11, I want to say, when they fired him and Ty Lue took over and they mm-hmm. win the championship that year Correct. against the 73-9 Warriors team that obviously they blew the lead, the, um, the Draymond thing in the finals, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think they made a mistake here. They own the mistake. Now they're paying two head coaches because they're still paying Budenholzer and Adrian Griffin, and it's probably going to be Doc. I think it's the right move. Well, you brought up the timing of the coaching hire with Adrian Griffin yeah. before they ended up going after Damian Lillard. One of the things of note, Terry Stotts, That's former Portland one. Trailblazers head coach, was on the staff in Milwaukee, no longer on the staff. And one of the issues that they had in Portland with Dame was how bad this team was defensively. Like his teams would routinely finish in the bottom third of the league in terms of defensive rating. And so... Why are we surprised that that's an area that the Bucks would struggle in, especially with Dame logging 35, 40 minutes a game? Mm-hmm. Like, that is going to be a problem that they have to overcome. So you have to make sure that your head coach and the entire coaching staff has a plan in terms of dealing with that deficiency. And for a first-time head coach in Adrian Griffin, it proved to be too much. But I guess my biggest, my bigger question is, how does this impact the Bucks moving forward and how does this change the balance of power in the Eastern Conference? Because... For the majority of the season, a lot of people viewed the East as a two-team race with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Well, I said this yesterday when MB dropped 70. I'm going to say it again today. The Philadelphia 76ers have entered the chat. Mm -hmm. Like The Philadelphia 76ers have made this a three-horse race when it comes to Eastern Conference supremacy. And good on them. They got the best coach, Nick Nurse, who they hired this past offseason. So think about it. We got questions about what's going on with the Bucks coaching situation and whether or not Doc is going to be able to summon the greatness that he demonstrated in 2008. We got questions about Joe Mazzula with the Boston Celtics. I mean, our very own Kendrick Perkins said last week on NBA Countdown that if you take Joe Mazzula's brain and put it in a bird, it might fly backwards. Like, <laughs> like that's what he literally said. So, I mean, I, I guess the, the point is, in this situation, for as, as player-driven as the NBA is, coaching matters, especially when we get to the playoffs. 
And right now, you got significant questions about the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. And the Philadelphia Sixers are just looming right there with an MVP caliber player in Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, who's going to be an all-star, and a coach that's already won a championship. So I just... It's all setting up for a lot of drama once we get to the playoffs, but I think that's something worth note right now because the Eastern Conference is is primed for a shakeup with them firing Adrian Griffin. All right, a lot to digest there. Let me go through a couple of things because there's some good things in there. First of all, the Terry Stotts thing is important. He's not necessarily a household name, even though he's been an NBA coach for a long time. Let's go deeper into that. This is a guy that was a head coach in Milwaukee, head coach in Portland for a long period of time. He quit. Before the season started, and all the reports were he didn't want to work with Adrian Griffin. It's like, yes, I know my guy Dame's here. Yes, I understand that I'm back in a city that I know and I've worked in. I can't work with that guy, right? That is a mass. That that was the biggest red flag initially, right? The Nick Nurse thing. I agree with you. If you gave me the choice right now, I could have Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, Adrian Griffin, or Joe Missoula. I'm choosing Nick Nurse first. He was a finalist for the Bucks job, didn't get the job, mm. right? So they could have had, he would have gone, because Philly, remember at that time, had the drama with Harden, he would have chosen Milwaukee over Philadelphia. No question. Because you don't want to walk into that if you don't have to walk into that. And Giannis, theoretically, is no drama. I say theoretically. I think we have to be fair here. I'm going to own this. If this were the Lakers, and this happened this way with LeBron James, I'd be coming in today and crushing LeBron. You fired another coach, you, fired, you got another guy fired. Well, Giannis has had a lot of coaches now. Since 2013, if you think about what has happened here, when Giannis came into the league, he had Larry Drew, he had Jason Kidd, he had Mike Budenholzer, he had Adrian Griffin, now he's going to have Doc Rivers, and he had Joe Prunty twice, including right now as an interim coach. I have to own the fact that if this were LeBron, I'd be going nuts. Giannis has this now on his resume. Giannis hired Adrian Griffin, and you're not firing Adrian Griffin without Giannis's blessing. So the pressure seems to be ratcheted that much higher on Milwaukee now. No question. Because you're right. We are going to start having these conversations about Giannis and why there has been such churn at the head coaching position around him. And we cited examples of when it worked when you had the foresight to say that the coach wasn't working and you had a quick hook, you implement somebody else that works. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? And you have Giannis, you have Dame, you have all of this talent, and you could have made this move prior and you wasted it. And now all of a sudden there's there's this drama. It upended the season. If it doesn't work, this is going to be a big, big blemish. Oh, make no mistake about it. I, I am betting against the Milwaukee Bucks this year. I'm fading them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're winning a title this year with Doc Rivers as their head coach. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, Doc is trading off of that 2008 championship like Mike McCarthy is trading off of the 2010 chip he won with Aaron Rodgers. I'm glad you said it's that. Been a long it's, time. A it's been a long a time since Doc Rivers competed at a championship level. Remember, he was with the Sixers, what, three or four years? and They couldn't, break, years. Th- they couldn't break through the second round? Yeah, he's one so, of I mean, these guys that I look at, CC, and I say, you know, you look at Mike Tomlin and we say he's good with something and good with nothing. Yeah. I love Doc Rivers with nothing. If you look historically, when Doc Rivers has less talent, the year before Kawhi and Paul George got to the, the Clippers, overachieved, gave the Warriors a run. When he has something, they didn't win in Lob City. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to come off weird to a Super Bowl champ like yourself, but they only won once in Boston, and that team was good enough to win more than once. Mm-hmm. He won nothing in Philly. He won nothing in Orlando when they had McGrady and Grand Hill. Yeah, I don't like him with everything. I like him with nothing, as odd as that sounds. Well, I mean, it's hard for good coaches to be great with without talent. But I, I, you know I, what I'm saying: overachieving I, versus underachieving. I, I, I get where I get where you're going, but I guess I guess my whole point is this: like when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and what's been happening in the last several years, it, it, you can't help but go back and think about Mike Budenholzer and the success that they were able to have, and it just 
it just brings back the old adage, you never mess up your for show for some more. You just don't do it. And, 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 and they got rid of a coach. Wait, say that again. That was you so ne- good. You never mess up your for show for some more. And, and they got rid of Budenholzer because he lost in the first round to a Miami Heat team that ended up going to the NBA Finals. Right. There was no shame in that. But I guess because of the moment and what it looked like, what it felt like, they tried to upgrade from their coaching situation, and they've been in coaching purgatory ever since. And they're not I, – I, I'm so with you. Let's be clear. They're not upgrading now over Mike Budenholzer. Doc Rivers is no. not definitely a better head coach than Mike Budenholzer and may no. not be a better head coach. Nick Nurse, different story. Totally different story. Kenny Atkinson, who was a finalist for the job, now Warriors assistant, may have been better. He was great with the Nets. Kenny was great, yeah. Great with the he Nets. He turned D'Angelo Russell into an all-star. <laughs> Say less. So, he turned D'Angelo Russell into a, all you need to know Say about Kenny Atkinson. Can you coach in the NBA? I turned D'Angelo Russell into an all-star. You're that's, hired. That's my resume. <laughs> so two things can be true here. The Milwaukee Bucks deserve credit for admitting a mistake publicly and trying to right the ship. We're just not sure that the ship has been righted and their pressure is on. Giannis and the organization have to get to the finals right no, now. No, they don't deserve credit because they, they made a mistake in hiring Adrian Griffin because they made a mistake in firing Mike Budenholzer. I still give them. I still give anyone credit for admitting a mistake quickly. That's hard to do. It is hard to do. And paying millions to do it, even if you have billions. All right, coming up, Doc Rivers is likely going to have a job. A guy he shared Boston with for a long period of time, and Bill Belichick doesn't have a job. Why? We get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. <clears throat> Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you, yes, the story of the day, yes, well, CC dancing is the story of today. Like he's on a G6. Yeah, man, listen. Slide like a G6. Par- parlay hit last night, baby. Oh, yeah. Parlay hit last night. Told Let's you go. You would do. Told Let's you. go. Thank you, Jokic, by the way. I needed all, all of them points from that triple-double from Jokic last night. We needed it. So, uh, 
114, you. 109. Yeah, uh, by the way, Denver thank, beat thank, Indy. Thank you, Rick Carlisle, for getting kicked out of the game. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank you. I watched the beginning of that game. I was running. Watching. Of course you would. I was watching the beginning of the game. I go upstairs, <laughs> and i ready to have dinner. Does my wife need to make the most amazing shrimp scampi of all time? Like, I need that. What's the point of running when I'm going to have that unbelievable shrimp scampi? I'm just throwing that out. Well, there. I mean, like Small says, you play for the tie. Oh, right. I certainly did, yes. I, mean, so I think I got an L. If the, if the wife is making the shrimp scampi, all you do is turn down your collar and you enjoy it. Yeah. That's right. That's, it. That's right. Maybe run an extra mile. There you go. call it a day. Well, I didn't, and I did. I didn't run the mile, and I did enjoy <laughs> the shrimp scampi. So um, yesterday, Adam Schefter was with us on our show. And had something very interesting to say about uh, one of the head coaches who doesn't have a job yet, and that is one Bill Belichick. You know, when you're hiring Bill Belichick, you're getting the greatest coach in league history, but you're also getting, okay, well, he wants his system, and he wants his guys, and he wants it his way, and that might not necessarily make everybody, or that might not be as appealing to certain people in an organization as it would be others. So... You know, there are a lot of voices that have a say about whether an individual is hired. Would some of them feel threatened if Bill were in the building? Would some of them be as comfortable? Would some of them be welcome to all the changes that he would implement? These are questions that are going on. So See, now you're making me rude against the Atlanta Falcons. Because why are those questions that are happening within the organization when the goal is to make the football team as competitive as we possibly can? How does that make sense, Smalls? The question is not about his football acumen. The question is whether or not people in the building are going to feel threatened if you hire him because he's you know, on the verge of being the most winningest coach of all time. What, what's, what are we doing? What's the goal? Is the, is the goal to make the team better? Is the goal to win the division? Is the goal to get in the playoffs to try to win a Super Bowl? Or is the goal just to hold on to any modicum of control and power that you had? I mean, is it pro football or is it Game of Thrones? Which one is it? I mean, do we need to get ready for the Red Wedding in Atlanta? Like, what, what, what is happening right now? I don't, I don't understand how that's a part of the conversation. How is that a part of the math to determine whether or not you hire Bill Belichick? I guess it's part of the math if you're not 100% convinced he's the Bill Belichick that won all the Super Bowls or if he's the Bill Belichick that had the seasons that he had in New England the past few years. So I understand trying to assess that and saying, was it really just all about personnel? Do you really still have your fastball? I I get it because imagine bringing him in there and it's a repeat of what we saw in New England the past couple years. That would be awful. Still worth it. Why? Because he has the cachet? Because um, with no respect, uh, we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons who don't have a history. I mean, I'm sorry. They've been to the Super Bowl twice, but, like, we're not talking about the Steelers getting this wrong. We're not talking about the 49ers getting this wrong. We're talking about the Atlanta Falcons, who rightfully so are dying to get their first Super Bowl. And if you, if Bill Belichick, to use your terminology, doesn't have his fastball anymore, you turn to your fans and say, listen, we tried with the greatest coach of all time. We got it wrong. Who's going to fault you for hiring Bill frickin' Belichick? I, I, I mean, it's Bill Belichick. We're not talking about, okay, again, no respect here, and I'm sorry. We're not talking about Brian Callahan, who people learned his name yesterday. Credit to him. Good coach. Tennessee Titans. I'm not trying to take shots at him. It comes off disrespectful. I get it. We are talking about Bill Belichick. Well, then shouldn't every opening be clamoring to hire <laughs> yes. him? They should be. Yes. yes. They should be. Every win now, team. Every win now, team. I understand every uh, rebuilding team. Okay, but with that with that thought process, shouldn't the commanders be at his door or on his yes. belt demanding yes. that he come there? Yes. 
But they seem like a team that would need somebody with a longer runway. But to use that logic, they are a franchise that desperately needs to change the history, desperately needs to turn the page, make a statement with new ownership. While I don't think Bill Belichick would be the right hire there, if we're using this logic, they should be begging him to come there. But here's the thing, Smalls. I don't understand why you wouldn't have the conversation. There's no limit on the amount of interviews that you can conduct when you're going through a coaching search. Mm -hmm. And if for no other reason, you can learn things from Bill Belichick that you want to apply to your new program with your new head coach and potentially your new general manager. That's that's the thing that doesn't make sense when we start talking about places like Washington, like Atlanta. uh, I mean, like the Chargers. Like, why wouldn't you do a deep dive and and try to get every nugget from – the greatest coach in the Super Bowl era. Mm-hmm. That's the part that just doesn't make sense to me. And that's why I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to why those teams aren't calling Bill Belichick to at least interview. And then with the Falcons, you, you've done two interviews with Bill Belichick. I don't understand why the org chart and who reports to who and who has say over what is a part of the math. If you think he's the very best coach for your team, Based on the available pool of candidates, then why wouldn't you make the hire? To me, it just makes so much sense. Again, I would want to make sure that I have a plan on what I'm going to do at the quarterback spot with Bill Belichick because that would be my only concern based on what happened in New England in the last four years. Mm -hmm. But as long as I was comfortable with that plan, whether it was Russell Wilson or Justin Fields, as long as I was comfortable with the plan, Kirk Cousins even, if I'm Rich McKay, if I'm Arthur Blank, if I'm comfortable with that plan at quarterback, then I feel great about my team's chances of being able to win our division. The NFC South is the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about Bill Belichick being the difference in a playoff game once we get to the second season. So th- I guess that's that's the only thing that they should be thinking about. And the fact that the control or the power conversation is even coming up during the hiring process, I, I just think it's it's an indictment on how that organization does business. All right, so let's listen to another comparison, though. Schefter made the comparison because what's going on right now, the conversation we're, we're having has happened before with somebody that Belichick is very familiar with. The best analogy for it, when Brady was an unrestricted free agent leaving New England, there were only two teams, two, that showed real interest in him, and that was the Chargers and the Buccaneers. 30 other teams all made the decision that they would rather have their guy. Okay, so let's use that point of comparison. So I went back yesterday, and I I went through going into the 2020 season, starting quarterbacks of teams that in my head I could see Brady having signed with at the time. Let's go through who they chose over Tom Brady. Oh, boy, this will be a fun exercise. The Philadelphia Eagles chose Carson Wentz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a tame one. The Raiders chose Derek Carr. His hometown Niners, where he always wanted to go, chose Jimmy G. The Colts, who had a good team at the time, good offensive line, et cetera, chose Phillip Rivers. His really close friend, you know, Mike Vrabel, was the coach of the Titans. They had a number one seed a couple years. They chose Ryan Tannehill. The Miami Dolphins, a place where he currently lives in Miami, with an owner that went to the school that he went to in Michigan that loves Brady, Stephen Ross, chose Ryan Fitzpatrick. Your New York Giants, a place where Brady has spent much of his life because his son lives in New York. They chose Daniel Jones. And Los Angeles, I don't know if you've heard Brady can kind of fit in Los Angeles. They went with Tyrod Taylor with the, with the Chargers. Put this in perspective. Are we going to do this two years from now, 
three years from now, the three of us are going to be sitting here saying, here are the teams and here are the coaches they went with over Bill Belichick. Listen, I mean, that list is ridiculous. That list is shocking. Um, and I think we might. We might be doing the same exercise two years from now with Bill Belichick. But I don't know if it's going to be some of the openings now. I wonder if we're going to look back and it's going to be the Eagles or the Cowboys, one of those teams that should have made a move or we expected a move to be made and it didn't work out and they could have done it because they had the talent and they were in a better position to win now. The only thing I hear in my head is Tom versus time. And he said, you chose that effing guy over me. Mm -hmm. He was talking about that very situation. That was the list. There are so many coaching situations out there right now with teams that could potentially win a championship in 2024. And Bill Belichick would represent an upgrade. And for whatever reason, these franchises won't go out there and make the hire. And the sad part about it is, Smalls, the reason, the rationale has nothing to do with what happens on the field. Mm -hmm. Four teams. Four teams after next season, if they get rid of their coaches, we will look back at this moment right now. Nuno and Pat and Javante will play this audio one year from today with these four teams. Philly, Dallas, Buffalo, Jacksonville. If it doesn't work out with your coaches this year and you fire them after next year, Bill Belichick could win a Super Bowl with all four of those teams. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters. You'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com for more information. So let's just put this whole coaching situation in the NFL in perspective. And by the way, we've been talking today. Uh, Bucks make that huge move yesterday, firing Adrian Griffin. Seems like all signs leading towards Adrian Wojnarowski pointing towards Doc Rivers as the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, uh, spent his college years in Milwaukee starring for Marquette. But also Adam Schefter joined us yesterday and discussed the idea of his confusion. I don't know if confusion is the right word. His surprise is a better word of why, why is it exactly that nobody's going after Bill Belichick but the Atlanta Falcons? And I think we're on board with that concept, and CC has pointed out it's not because of football; it's because of structure. And if you're afraid of the structure, you don't really care that much about the football because this is the guy that should absolutely be in there. But right now, as we sit here, jobs that are open, teams that we believe absolutely should be in on him: Atlanta, the Chargers, the Chargers, Washington. No, you're hesitant on that one. Mm- just because I think they're going to need more time than the two, maybe three years that he would allot you. I know that we are determined, or I should be more specific, I'm determining that figure, but I think that they need somebody that's going to be there five-plus years to really build something. Yeah. If there was a plan at quarterback, I'd feel great about Seattle. 
Seattle? Oh, if yeah. There was a plan, if, there was, if oh, there was yeah. a plan at quarterback, I'd feel great about Seattle. Point is um, everyone. And we have a list of teams that aren't open that should be going after him. No doubt. And will they regret it? That's what we've been asking you. We think yes. Matt in Atlantic City watching on ESPNU. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, uh, Evan, CC, and Michelle. Uh, hearing that Atlanta has a second interview with Bill Belichick, I, I just personally don't think it's the right fit for him. I mean, their quarterback situation, uh, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, I, I just don't feel like Belichick is right for that organization. I have a lot of respect for Atlanta. I believe the two teams that are going to regret not even jumping on him will be the commanders because they got a top-five pick. Uh, in the draft, they're going to get a quarterback in Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. I think Bill Belichick can structure that organization. And the Philadelphia Eagles, now this is interesting. They just fired Brian Johnson and um, Sean Desai with Matt Patricia. They, they're going to forever regret not getting rid of Nick Sirianni. I think Nick Sirianni was way in, way in over his head. Yes, they took him to the Super Bowl. He had a couple great seasons. But Shane Steichen covered up a lot of imperfections for Nick Sirianni. If I were the Eagles, I'd get rid of Sirianni and go after Belichick. And obviously, I don't want him going to Philly because I'm a Giants fan. But that, they, they're going to forever regret not grabbing him. Yeah. Buffalo is another one. Yeah. Buffalo, and they just lost in divisional round. I know Sean McDermott isn't going anywhere this year. But Buffalo would be absolutely fantastic with Josh Allen. I think the Bills, the Commanders, and the Eagles are going to forever regret not getting him. Thank you guys very uh, much. Great call. I'll I tell you, I'm telling you, and I know it's a, it may come off as a stretch, but hear me out on this. As mm. soon as the Bucks made their move with Adrian Griffin yesterday, I literally thought of Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. because I'm thinking just because you win games, when you have championship exper- expectations, great organizations can kind of see winning these games the way we're winning doesn't lead towards the 16 wins in the postseason or the three or four wins in the NFL regular. Like there are probably coaches and teams you look at CC and say, cool, they won 10 games the regular season. I know the way they play and the way they coach. That will not work in the postseason. And Philly looks at it. We made a Super Bowl. We won at double-digit games. How can we fire this guy? you got to have the sense of it if it's going to work. I don't believe it's going to work with Nick Sirianni. No, I don't think it's going to work either. And, again, I don't know that the way that they're going about trying to fix the problem is the best. Some of the names that have been floated with the coordinator spots, Frank Reich, who's a former head coach with the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers, him on the offensive side of the ball, Ron Rivera, you know, former head coach with the Commanders in the Carolina Panthers. It just doesn't seem like hiring those individuals is Nick Sirianni's idea. Mm-hmm. Because if things go left early on in the regular season, those are going to be the men that are tapped to step in in an interim basis. It's almost as if Howie Roseman is flanking Nick Sirianni with people that can be lieutenants for him, that can do things his way, and essentially making Nick a figurehead within the organization and somebody that doesn't necessarily have the authority to you know take the program the next level, to get this team back to competing for championships. And if that's the case, I don't understand as a franchise why they just don't move on from the head coach and bring in somebody who can command the respect of everybody in the locker room. Because with that power structure, it feels like that's not what they want. They want someone that's going to listen to Howie Roseman or listen to Jeffrey Lurie, listen to ownership. So... Even though it probably would benefit them to bring in somebody like Bill Belichick, who is going to set the culture and he's going to be at the top of the of the food chain, that's clearly not what they want. Howie Roseman moved on from Doug Peterson because they didn't like uh, 
the way that he was coaching. They had a disagreement over Carson Wentz. Clearly with Nick Sirianni, he's putting him in a, him in a position where who he has right less power. Who was wrong about Carson Wentz? Correct, but does it seem like he got less power or more power after that? He got more power. He got more power. So why would he want to bring in Bill Belichick, who would strip him of said power? You know, the Eagles fit the argument that you're making, CeCe, in many ways, because the argument sparked from the, the sound and conversation about the Falcons, right? Where we're assuming... The structure of the organization may not allow for Belichick to be the head coach because they want Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot, whatever it is, right? Wouldn't that, it's the same with the Eagles. Now, the Eagles don't have an opening, but it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't understand why that's the impediment to hiring the best qualified coach candidate. I, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, you got to understand, I'm looking at it from a player's perspective. If I'm a guy in that locker room, all I'm concerned with is having the very best coach to put us in position each and every week to win games and ultimately to win a championship. Is that Nick Sirianni or is that Bill Belichick? That's not even a debate. It's laughable. It's not even a debate. So what are we doing? Like, if you had to go through all of these different, you know, sessions as an ownership group with the general manager and sit down and get comfortable with the plan from Nick Sirianni about how you were going to move forward, then go ahead and fire Nick Sirianni. Why, Why does it take days of meetings to decide whether or not you want to roll with the head coach that's gotten you to the playoffs each of the last three years, and oh, by the way, one of those years was a Super Bowl run. It shouldn't take that long. Like The fact that they have to have those conversations just goes to show that there's something really wrong about what happened with the Eagles the last couple of months. And in Nick Sirianni's own words, if he knew what was wrong, he would fix it. The guy said in a post-game <laughs> press conference after a loss, if I knew the answer, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I would fix it. Is there any chance we're wrong? They're meeting with the media today. Is there any chance he's not the coach next year? No, he's the coach. Why would they have a joint? I'm just just throwing it out there. He's going to be the coach. But I guess my whole point is this. If he didn't have the answers then in real time, why would we think he's going to have the answers in 2024 with seemingly less control, less sway, less power within the organization? I don't think he will, but I think that he, Howie Roseman, is trying to protect his power. And this is this reminds me of the conversation we had about Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones, where where we were saying it feels like Jerry wants to win his way. Mm-hmm. He wants to do it his way. I think both of these situations have that parallel and that they want to do it their way. They want to bring in somebody that is going to listen to them so they can control their fiefdom of power that they have. And they know that bringing in Bill Belichick, whether it is the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles, that power gets upended the second he signs that contract. And a lot of people in positions of power are not comfortable relinquishing it. And it it might be the right move. From a player perspective, when you're saying, is this guy going to help us win more games? If that's the answer, then it's an easy decision. But it's not easy for the person who has to give up the power. That's a good point about the players. I w- like, what are the two Jalen's thinking right now? Jalen Hurts is the face of the franchise. Jalen Carter, you've said, CC is going to be the best defensive player in the NFL no at doubt. some point here. No doubt. The two Jalen's are sitting here today. They're watching or listening to our show. So thank you both, Jalen's Carter Love and Hurts. We appreciate it. And they're sitting back <laughs> thinking, cool, let's run it back with Sirianni or... Are these three right? Do we have a chance of Belichick and we're passing on him? What are the two players? The well, two Belichick's guys- out there. Like he's out. There. So they they're thinking what would it be like everybody's to be thinking about by like him? everybody. Well, I don't know if they're thinking what would it be like to coach by him. But coaching, good coaching, is making men do what they don't want to do so they can become what they want to become. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, it's not a matter of their comfortability with the head coach. It's a matter of whether or not the head coach can bring out the best in them. And again, I don't think there's a debate when it comes to. Who gives this team a better chance to win a title next year? Is it Nick Sirianni or is it Bill Belichick? 
The answer is clear. It's the latter, not the former. Especially with what the last seven games looked like for the Eagles where they lost six of them, including getting embarrassed in Tampa in the playoffs. I, I, just, I, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't hire Bill Belichick because you want to hold on to control. And in Howie Roseman's case, he's fired some damn good coaches. You got rid of Andy Reid, this dude goes to uh, Kansas City, wins a couple of championships, takes the team to three Super Bowls, and they're back in the conference championship game for a sixth straight time. You got rid of Doug Peterson. I mean, he's a damn good coach, one-year championship. Now it's on to Nick Sirianni. I mean, you keep looking at the burn rate in Philadelphia when it comes to head coaches, and you start to wonder, are the head coaches the problem with this organization? Are they the reason why they keep swapping out head coaches? I, I, I don't know. Like, we had the conversation about how this would be one of the best jobs if it became available. I'm starting to walk that back a little bit. I don't know how good the job in Philadelphia is for a head coach because you're at the mercy of an impetuous general manager who has the ear of the owner. Well, we're certainly going to learn more today as uh, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni scheduled to meet with the media in Philadelphia. It is Wednesday, so what does that mean? Coming up, our ESPN Power Rankings next on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> we are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2. So huge story today. Adrian Griffin out with the Milwaukee Bucks, their head coach after only 43 games. We are likely going to see Doc Rivers... Replace him. Doc Rivers, of course, is a parent of Austin Rivers, former NBA player and analyst here at ESPN. Remember when Austin Rivers joined us a few weeks ago and had this to say? I've had a couple strange sitters. I had Arnold Schwarzenegger was one as well. What? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. It wasn't like he came over my house to sit. My parents were at an event where he was at, and he was there with kids. And my, my, my dad and my mom went to go do something, and... I think my mom had asked him, I was like, can you watch him for, for a little bit? We're just going to be gone for like 20, 30 minutes. You know, I don't know. I was there with him. So, babysitter. He had Arnold Schwarzenegger and famously had Dennis Rodman as his babysitters. Mm-hmm. So, in honor of that, every single Wednesday we do our ESPN Radio Power Rankings where we pick ESPN personalities and we put them in a, in a topic and we rank them. Babysitters. Babysitters. ESPN babysitters. So, you have to have an ESPN personality babysit your kids. So it's basically the trustworthy rankings. Who do you trust the most to watch your family, watch your house, watch your kids? 
top three smalls. What do you got for us? Okay, checking in at number three for me is friend of the show, friend in life, Harry Douglas. Hmm. Interesting. Harry's a father himself. Harry always has a million things going on, and he never misses a beat. He's traveling here. He's doing the game. He's doing his own show. He's watching film, and it's always handled. I also think Harry is so fun. He's going to have fun with the kids. He's going to get on the floor and play with them. Harry Douglas would be an amazing babysitter. I don't have kids. If I did have kids, I would trust them with HD. Nicely done. He's never home, but I mean, just saying. He just has to be at my home. It's a, you know what? It would be a job for him to babysit my kids, and he always executes on a job. I you love know that. What I'm I love that. I love that. Now I have to. Add, I have to get this clarification yeah. because I want to make sure that my pick has not come off the board yet. My pick. What? Do you is, mean? what? She has three. Okay, I we could sure. go around the horn if you want. Around. I wasn't sure how we were doing it. Yeah, okay. why don't we go around took, the horn? She took the pause. I mean, she okay. All right, go ahead. Your pick. Yeah, let's go. Let's go around the horn. So Tim Legler. Like oh, his leg, is, is, leg, is legs off the board? Can I use Tim Legler? I think you can because you haven't picked him for anything else. I haven't picked him yet. Yeah. I just want to make sure I can use him. Tim I think Legler, you can. The yeah. thing that I love about legs, this is somebody that celebrates every single holiday. Totally. And like, I, I want my oh, kids to be into the seasons, right? Like, he decorates the house for Halloween. He decorates the house for Christmas. Like, I, I want somebody to bring those festivities, the, 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 the different things that come along with the different seasons. I think legs would be awesome for that. And so for my kids to make sure that they, you know, they appreciate the seasons, appreciate the special holidays, I think Tim Legler would be a good babysitter for Love you. That. You know why that's an even better pick than you even realize? Legs has kids that are of age, like college age and above, and has a little baby, and it's great with all of them. Yeah. Versatility within the parenting. Nice. Very like good that. for I legs. Like that. Love that. All right, like my that. first pick. I'm thinking about babysitting. I'm thinking about trustworthy. Everything going wrong. Who do I trust in a big spot with my family? Freddie Coleman. Oh, great. Right, that's pick. an outstanding pick. That's an elite I, I, there pick. is nothing that is going to go wrong if Freddie Coleman is involved. That's an elite if, pick. If one of the kids is making a mess, he's going to like self-report. He's going to let me know. He's going to call the neighbors. I'm just Freddie Coleman is the most trustworthy, kind, genuine human being on earth. Freddie Coleman on my list for ESPN Babysitter. Smalls, next up for you. Okay, the next one I'm going to was my number one overall pick, but I'm just going to get it out there now because I'm afraid you two are going to take it now that we're doing a snake draft. Number two for me is Laura Rutledge. Oh, come I knew on. It. I that knew was you on were mine. Take it. I knew. She's number one on mine. She's obviously already a great mother. I love watching her daughter Reese make her picks during the college football season. And she is the host of a show and she knows how to keep chaos moving. You know, she has a lot of big personalities on, on the shows that she hosts, but she always keeps it moving, keeps it fun. I think she's so trustworthy. She's amazing. Laura Rutledge could babysit my kids anytime. Oh, very nicely That's done. Uh, very pick. nicely done. I was nervous because I thought you were about to say my pick. I'm going with L. Duncan. Oh, L. Duncan. L. Duncan. ATL Shawty stand up. I mean, <laughs> L. Duncan is low key the funniest person at ESPN. And I want my kids to have a, a little personality, a little spice, a little, a little you know. That's a good and one. L, and L. Duncan is absolutely going to bring that out of them. She's going to put that in them. Yep. And her catalog, her music selection is on point always. So totally. L. Duncan. For my number two pick. To Very important is the last thing you said. As the sole current parent on this show, music plays a big part in parenting. When they're going to sleep, playing music, singing along, whatever it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Elle Duncan can belt. No doubt. Oh, no doubt. She is an amazing singer. Right. Very so, talented. Think about, like, my, my kids go to sleep because they don't want to hear me singing anymore. It's like, all right, please leave. <laughs> I can't stand your voice. All right, next one for me. Who's going to be good with the kids and have fun and have a different kind of vibe with them? 
Hubie Brown. I want Hubie Brown in the grandpa role of Hubie Brown. I want around my kids, and I think they'd have fun with Hubie Brown. It could teach them some offense, defense. Hubie Brown, I would like it with my kids babysitting. Now, I hope they don't run around too much. I don't know. But you could see Hubie, living room, playing with the kids, telling them stories. Hubie Brown, number two on my list. Good pick, good pick. My last pick also has to do with teaching. I picked uh, Laura Rutledge, I think, would be such a, a loving babysitter. She would be so nurturing, so kind. Harry Douglas brings the fun. My final pick also has those two qualities and has a child herself, so I know that she knows how to get the job done. But I also know that she's brilliant and that she will teach my kids something. I'm going to come home, and my kid is going to be like, guess who this person, guess what this person taught me today? And that person is Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes is going to teach my kids something. They're going to sit down. They're going to break down some films. She's so intelligent. She's so fun. I think the kid's going to have a great time and probably be a little bit smarter for it. Yeah. Mina Kimes, my final pick. I like that. I like that pick. I like that pick. For my number one overall pick, because I'm a big man, because I want my kids to, you know, know, have some familiarity, have somebody that that, kind of has my kind of, you know, presence. I'm going with Damian Woody, the big fella, the big fella, the big teddy bear at ESPN, Damian Woody. Let me tell you something. Anytime a man can wear a red fur coat and be confident in himself on national TV, he good with me. And I want him to babysit my kids. Another part of babysitting, it's got to be convenience, right? Damian Woody doesn't live that far away. Damian Woody is local. So if I need to call him up because the wife and I need a date night and he can come through last the moment's notice, boom, Damian Woody is there. The big fella. Damian Woody, the big teddy bear at ESPN. My number one pick to babysit my kids. All right, ESPN Power Rankings, top three babysitters. Doc Rivers getting the uh, bucks job, it seems like. We learned famously that he has Dennis Rodman and Arnold Schwarzenegger babysitting his kids. So in honor of that, we rank ESPN personalities for babysitting. Because Laura Rutledge is off the board, I took Freddie Coleman. I took Hubie Brown. My last one. You know, kids, I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. School supply is important, right? Yep. They got to do their homework. Sometimes you don't have the pencil you need. Lee Corso! Lee Corso! He's going to bring his own school supplies. He always has the pencil with him. So, Lee Corso, my next babysitter. Okay, Lee Corso. Lee Corso, Hubie Lee Brown, Corso. and Freddie Coleman. My big three of babysitters. Sounds like your babysitters might have a hard time keeping up with the kids. I imagine one of your kids trying to sneak out of the house and Lee Corso saying, not so fast. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. But Lee Corso can bring his own school supplies. Uh, Nuno, who did we leave out? Is there anybody best undrafted free agent in terms of ESPN babysitters? You've been at ESPN longer than all of us here, Nuno. I think the kids would have fun with Michael Collins. Oh, yes. Michael Collins, I feel like we pick for everything every week. Yeah, he just got drafted for the beard, For the beard, yes. Yes, but I'm going to change the rules. You can't (laughs) pick the people you've picked. So, like, that's how we're going to do this. So, like, so I'm going to pick Michael Collins. Pat, anybody for you that we left out here? Uh, I like Buster only because he's got a funny name, and I feel like kids would like that. Plus, plus he's got the farm. farm. He's got the farm. That, too. And also uh, Julie Foudy. You pick Julie Fowdy for everything, no matter what. I've realized. Well, great, great at the Little League World Series and loves donuts. <laughs> Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. 
Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.